Well, it doesn't look like there's going to be a deal. And Major League Baseball and the Players Association are taking us to school. And your pal Sully is in a school recording this. And my new pupil is going to be Scott Bentley of Locked On Tigers. Guess what, folks? It's time for Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you're watching me on YouTube, you can see me right there, my lower third. You can call me Sully. Thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen, as we're available on all your podcasting catchers. You can follow us on Twitter and at Instagram at Locked On MLB Pods. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Let me explain to you my background here and my whole going to school uh, shenanigans I was doing right at the front. Uh, your pal Sully doesn't make all of his money from Lockdown MLB and Hawk and Built Bars. No, I also have another calling. I am a teacher. I uh, teach uh, special education, and uh, most of my the most of my kiddos that I teach are on what is called the uh, the autism spectrum, the moderate to, to severe. And I do that. And this is, uh, you know, I'm entering my little world here that I'm inviting you, my Lockdown MLB listeners. I'm here in my classroom where I teach my kids and I, I have a great love for that. And one of the things that I, I get a great sense of satisfaction that even on some days that are tough, and that you're pushing hard and you're you're trying to make breakthroughs here or there. Even if no breakthroughs happen, you know that every day that you're looking to try to make a connection and try to make a breakthrough is positive because every day is just getting you a little bit closer and closer. That's a great feeling I have here in my classroom with my kids. And I have the exact opposite feeling when I read about the labor negotiations of this ridiculous lockout. And uh, you know what? This is just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And you know what? It's so crazy that I feel that it's time to bring on someone else because I can't go at this alone. And so that's why I have invited to be part of Lockdown MLB for today, the host of Lockdown Tigers. Hey, everyone, say hello. It's Scott Bentley, the host of Lockdown Tigers. Find him on Twitter at Bentley Scotty. How you doing, Scott? You know what? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It was a uh, it was a long day today, but uh, yeah. but but doing all right. Yeah, this is the type of day. Um, if you are a sports fan, there are certain types of days that you find yourself just, you know, hitting refresh, 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 refresh yes. on your Twitter feed. Usually, it's things like the trade deadline or something like that, and not like. Are we going to, are we going to get an agreement? Are we going to get an agreement? Are we getting an agreement? We didn't get one. And, and, no, and so, now, so tell me, tell me your thoughts on this. I, I'm, I'm, I have no amount of built bars can calm me at this point. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievably frustrating. Uh, they, they made so much progress and they did make progress. And mm -hmm. I think that that's, 
that is uh, that is documented and and real. And the the numbers, uh, assuming that they are accurate, would would indicate that that they are a lot closer than they were uh, just whatever a, a couple of days ago, a week ago. Um, but here we are, and it's another day of uh, of of now. Games are canceled again. We're not going to get a full one sixty two. It's a very, very sad day for baseball. Here's here's the thing that, that first of all, I talked about in yesterday's podcast, the idea that this will be the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson's yep. breaking the color barrier. Rachel Robinson is turning 100 years old this year. Um, and, when, and as I said yesterday, once you are approaching 100, um, you're on like extra time in a soccer game. Any moment the ref can mm-hmm. blow their whistle and – you know, I remember when, when Betty White died, like, what, a month before her 100th birthday, and the people were, like, stunned and shocked. And I, as someone said, try to live a life that if you die just before your 100th birthday, people say, oh, no, she's too young. Right. Um, Rachel Robinson is one of those people. Absolutely. And this this very strong woman, if you've read the his biographies, uh, she was a rock in his life and was a rock in – the the elements of justice that Jackie pushed beyond just breaking the color barrier. He was there. There seems to be this narrative of Jackie that he was almost this passive martyr, which was the 180 degrees of who he actually was and what his legacy really should be. As he was a fighter right up until the end, and Rachel Robinson was not a passive wife. She was a fighter right alongside him and kept the you know took the baton after he died after the 1972 world series 50 years ago how do i know it's 50 years ago i was born in 1972 i'm about to turn 50 i digress but the fact of the matter is is that we could be looking at a missing the 75th anniversary and it's just with this would certainly be the final I think it's safe to say it would be the final major anniversary of this event in Rachel Robinson's life. Are we really going to do that over a self-imposed lockout of which we're this close to, to having an agreement? I mean, it's, it, I, I think the answer is yes, but I mean, it's unbelievable that it's yes. It is. No, it is. And, and you know, one of the more frustrating parts today was that, the owners added in this international draft kind of in the last second. Like it seemed like we were really close to a deal. And then they were like, Hey, what about we talk, we add in this international draft that we haven't added in a single offer leading up to this point. And the, they, they gave them this like ultimatum where they were like, Oh, you have three choices. You can either accept it or I'm sorry. You can, Oh, you're sorry. About, sorry, sorry about that. We're, we're watching the video there. Sorry, <laughs> you're all right. That you can you can accept it. You can decline it, uh, and and we can we you you can accept a deal with it in there. You can accept a deal without it in there, or you can accept a deal with it in there, and then on November by November fifteenth, decide if you actually want the international draft to be part of this or not. And the players' rebuttal was. We will let let's take keep the November fifteenth deadline, and let's actually like we'll we'll do that part. But if we decline the international draft by November fifteenth, 
then the rest of the CBA, then the, the rest of the CBA we agree to today is just what it is. And the owners said, if there's no agreement by the November 15th deadline, then the CBA gets blown up and we renegotiate. And that seems to be where, where all the marbles were lost today, just over the difference of what happens if on the November players 15th on That's November right. 15th, correct. We, we, we have now canceled games for this upcoming season over just the difference between what happens on November 15th. Yeah. And of course there's another sort of public relations way to do this is because the owners have their, the Bob Nightingales and other mouthpieces in yep. the press who carry their water for them all the time. And this is a way to make it look like to put, to throw the blame on the player's lap, like saying, well, the players, we, we had something, the players turned it down. This is kind of a, I mean, there's such a shady negotiation tactic here of waiting to the last minute to throw something in and, and then turn around and say, well, you know, they're the ones being unreasonable. It's so easy to get people to hate the players. They've been doing it as long as there's been labor unrest in baseball. But, you know, and it, it's it's maddening to me because it's so obvious what's happening here. The owners imposed the lockout and the owners imposed this November 15th uh, tomfoolery. And we could be talking about, uh, look at Scott, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I don't want to be talking to you about this. <laughs> I don't either, man. <laughs> and, and we're going to be talking tigers and other things and then in some of the next segment. That's called a tease. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we should be talking about, hey, uh, baseball's going to start on like the 6th or 7th instead of whenever it was. Boom, throw a couple of double headers in there. Everyone will be fine. Instead, we're talking about this blowing it up based upon something that will happen after the World Series parade. Correct. Ah! <laughs> Agreed. I agree with that. If you pull any quote from this podcast, it should be this. Me in my classroom saying, ah! I agree with that. I think that's the quote of the episode. Unbelievable. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And it's all, this is all possible. This is all possible. And this, this is just sort of like, God, I mean, what, what, what kind of purpose are we serving here? If we're just, we're fooling around here and are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? Well, speaking of possible mission, possible written and read by New York times, best-selling author, athlete, and one-time Mets prospect Tim Tebow encourage you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible is by Tim Tebow and is available everywhere that audiobooks are sold. And hey, I just want to say thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen. I think Locked On Tigers should be your second listen. Um, and what your third listen should be, why not Locked On MLB Prospects? Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the Major League Baseball stars of tomorrow. I wish they were playing games tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. On this podcast, we have Scott Bentley and Locked On Tigers, as the two of us are just 
fed up with talking about the GD lockout, but here we is. That's right, Mom. I just said, here we is. My mom <laughs> listens. She's not a fan of bad grammar, and uh, there you go. Scott, tell me what you think is going to happen. Uh, I believe that, man, I, I, I believe that we are close. I, I do, but um, close on paper doesn't mean close on time. And I, I think that even though we are we are closer than we've ever been, uh, if you look at the luxury tax numbers between the two, they're getting a lot closer. The minimum salary is the difference between just a couple thousand dollars at this point. The pre-arbitration pool money is only the difference of uh, – it's comfortably the smallest it's ever been, only the difference of a few million dollars at this point. Um, but this international – draft is has really thrown a wrench in things and i i i don't know man i i think i'm hoping the optimistic part of me thinks that they both hopes that they both realize hey we're pretty close on everything else let's let's iron some stuff out get a deal done and and maybe only the a couple of series are axed yeah I mean, it's so weird that you know, there, there seems to be such the, – the, the goal of the owner seems to be more how do we make the players look bad in this rather than how do we come up with a solution. And that's banana boat time. Yeah, and it's it's certainly been a huge part of their negotiation and, and this whole strategy throughout this entire lockout has certainly been uh, what route gets – pressure from the outside put on the players rather than put on us and it, and they've they've executed it very well I, I hate to admit it but they have uh they, they've done you using the the writers and using the network that they own right you know people want to go oh let's check out a lockout update and go on mlb network Get, guess who owns mlb network it's pravda that's just right. pravda at this right point. so it's it's it, it's definitely a big part of of all of the negotiations is definitely um, public appearance and, and which side is getting pressure put on it. My hair is a mess, by the way. For those of you watching, this is like, <laughs> this is end of the day teacher hair. And I'm just like, I didn't even groom myself. I didn't even groom myself for the podcast. I'm on YouTube <laughs> right now. And I look like, uh, you know, I look like I just, I, I look like I'm crawling under barbed wire. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's, there have been elements that, the owners have been doing things to shoot themselves in the foot or shoot you know, themselves the, the game in the foot for their own purposes. Uh, I want to bring up something. I've talked about this on the podcast before by myself when I'm usually sitting screaming into the void, but now I have you to be my therapist for the day. Um, I, I think there's been a bunch of things that have been kind of insidious in terms of then that's been, that have been going on since the the labor strife in the 90s and that is to belittle the need and impact for stars in baseball and i think a reason that is there's been such an antagonistic relationship between the players and owners that it is in the owner's best interest to not have stars be so huge that they carry the game that not have stars feel like they're so important that they have a, 
uh, you know, that their compensation needs to be, uh, you know, through the roof because they're the, you know, they're the, they're what's putting people putting their butts in the seats. Um, uh, here's some of the things that I, I mean, uh, it's funny, like the, the whole sabermetrics world and Moneyball world is in a way carrying the water for that mindset of you don't need a star. You just need to Voltron a player together that will put together the same amount of war. And therefore, we don't need to sign a big star. We just need to get this type of production. Um, I think one of the long-term effects that not promoting their own stars the way the NBA did and remember, I mean, there's there's a there's a HBO movie coming out about the Showtime Lakers. How Showtime didn't do a movie about the Showtime Lakers, I'll never understand. <laughs> um, but the you know, remember the league. Of, you know, you can't compare what sports media was now to then. But at the same sure. time, the NBA was in the doldrums. They weren't even showing the NBA Finals live. Teams were on the verge of folding, and. Uh, you know, the arrival of Bird and Magic just rejuvenated the league, became a star-driven league. And, of course, it reached its apex in the 90s with Jordan and, you know, uh, you know Barkley and, and you know, Stockton and Malone and David Robinson and Scottie Pippen and Patrick Ewing, all the big stars from that era, which at the same time, baseball had tons of stars who they were not promoting. Correct. And... You know, people were people have asked why have there not been as many? You know, the African American fan base has dwindled, and when you take a look at who the stars who are being promoted, you could play in Utah and be a huge star. Don't talk to me about big markets. At that same time, in terms of just in terms of African American stars in baseball, you had a just a galaxy of stars with wildly different personalities. Whether it was Bonds. Barry Larkin, Ricky Henderson, Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas, Tony Gwynn, Dave Stewart, Joe Carter, Kirby Puckett. I mean, just going down, I mean, probably uh, uh, Fred McGriff. I mean, you go right down the line of all these players who should have been heavily marketed and become like, you know, idols the way that Ewing and forget Jordan. Jordan's just, that's like Babe Ruth. I mean, that's, that's a different. Sure type of star but jordan or isaiah thomas or or you know reggie miller all these people became huge stars and household names and they didn't have to play in the huge markets and baseball lost an entire generation of people idolizing just think of who i just rattled off hall of fame quality players generational talents who made no impact who were you know basically not promoted because of that antagonistic relationship. And I think you're seeing the same thing now. That they're great players who most people would not know who Mike Trout was unless he was in uniform. Yeah, absolutely. And and the I think one of the biggest ones is how Barry Bonds is not like as big of a name as like LeBron James or, or something like that is beyond me. He, he, he won the MVP seven times. Like it's, 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 uh, it's, and like you said, Mike Trout today, uh, there, there's, there, there's so many today that, yeah. that should be significantly bigger than they are. 
And Mike Trout's obviously the biggest one because he Juan is, Soto is right. Juan Soto, Tatis. absolutely. And yeah. and there there's a difference between big in the baseball community and big in pop culture, right. right? Some people might listen to this and be like, "Oh, what do you mean? Like everybody knows who Mike Trout is?" Like, no, they they don't. No, like they do. the baseball fans do. If you follow the game of baseball, sure, but there, I mean. Mike Trout is 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 far from a household name, and he absolutely should be. And and there's there there's I I think they're trying to do better with Otani, and and they have they they have done slightly better so far with Shohei, but like it's been a year. Like we've gotten one year of fully healthy Otani, and. And him being in LA certainly helps and all that, but so was Mike Trout. So like yeah. I, it's, it, it really is baseball and hockey are, are two of the worst sports on the planet in marketing their players. And it, it has continued to be a thing and it continues to be a thing through today. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tease an episode I'm doing later this week, but um, just the concept of baseball becoming like a, a, a niche sport. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I just we're living in a niche culture. There's no homogenized culture that we have anymore in mm-hmm. terms of with the exception of superhero movies. Um, <laughs> but but, you know, I mean, that's really that's the only thing that's part of, you know, and even that there's a whole section of the population who's done watching superhero movies. But uh, bringing up superhero movies for a reason here is, you know, they've kind of shown that the movie star system is no longer necessary. Right. Because it doesn't matter who's like, who's wearing the Batman cowl, whether it's Ben Affleck or Christian Bale or Michael Keaton or the, the vampire from twilight, you know, it's just the star is Batman. Just like the, their baseball is banking. The star is the team. Like you, the biggest movies are all these Avenger films, but no one goes to see a Robert Downey Jr. movie or a Chris Evans movie. Look at the films they do that they're not Marvel. No one goes to see them. It's just the star is who's wearing the outfit. You know, there's the meme of the three Spider-Men pointing at each other, and then you just had a movie where you had the three dudes who played Spider-Man all in the same movie. It mm-hmm. just shows like that the star is Spider-Man. The star is it Tom Holland or or the or Garfield or or uh, Toby Maguire, and in a way, baseball with the sabermetric mindset is, well, it does, we don't need the, a homegrown star like a Mookie Betts. We could save a couple of mu- bucks, put together an outfield with Hunter Renfro and, uh, you know, Verdugo. Kiki Hernandez and Verdugo and nearly get to the World Series with them. You know, I mean, it's it's it kills the idea of the stars. And basketball has discovered if you have stars, you don't need the huge market. You could have... San Antonio be a dynasty. You got yeah. one of the biggest stars playing in Utah or Milwaukee. You know, yeah, and and another just the the when it comes to marketing, we saw earlier this week that baseball is now has an Apple TV game every Friday. So yeah. now you have you have the Apple TV game. You have your basic cable so that you can get your local network, and you have. MLB TV, which your local network is blacked out of. So if you wanted to watch guarantee that you could watch every game, you have to buy three different subscription packages. Whereas the NBA doesn't have any, anything you can that all, all, all highlights 
for the NBA, there's no copyright on highlights. You just you can you can you can tweet a basketball highlight and and post it on a on a YouTube video. You can post it on on Twitter. You can do whatever with it, and no one's gonna be like, oh, this is taken out for copyright. It's just completely open for the public. You can watch however you want. You can you can save highlights however you want. There's there's none of that nonsense. And baseball now just continues to add more stipulations and, and more different routes you have to take to get their product. And and I, I think that that's another big reason for the lack of marketing. And and think about what you just said about that. And you made it, that's a great point, Scott Bentley of Locked On Tigers, is that the NBA has embraced the internet in ways that baseball hasn't. Correct. And that they understand that, first of all, people don't want to have 15 more I need Paramount Plus and Disney Plus and YouTube Plus. Blah, blah, blah. The, tell me where I can watch the GD game. And don't make it more complicated when you're trying to gain those fans. The NBA knows that they have young eyeballs because they figured it out. And they also know that if you're young kids on the Twitter and everything like that, look at how old I just sounded. I called it the Twitter. When they post the highlights and they post this on TikTok or whatever, wherever they are, they know they're not committing copyright violation. They're carrying their water for them. They're making their lives easier. How do we get the young kids interested? Let the young kids do it. And all of a sudden, do it in a way which isn't like, you know, the 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 21 Jump Street meme with uh, Steve Buscemi. He's like, hello, young kids, and trying to <laughs> act like a young kid. Get the real young kids to do it. They'll do it for you, man. Yes, they they'll will. do it for you. You've just saved money on your marketing campaign. Right. You know? They'll they'll do it. And and like we said, the NBA has has masterclassed that. And for whatever reason, none of the other sports want to do it. And baseball is so prime to be the sport of the internet age because they have games on every day. They have content that's they have much- no competition the entire regular season. There's no, no other sport going on. There's no other sport going on, and season. it's easier to follow the play by play on a on online much easier than basketball, which is going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Right. You have each pitch, you have each play, and baseball is still like, well, we got we got to make them watch it on television and sit down and just like my grandpa used to do. You know, it's every time. There's been a new piece of technology that baseball has seen as faced. They've always resisted it until they realized, no, uh, we've got way too much money to make. They balked at doing all the games on radio. Ooh, we're giving our product away. Then they realized, oh, wait, we've created all new fans. Oh, but they balked on television. We don't want people watching. We're just stands. Oh, wait, you've created all new fans. Oh, but we don't want to put it on pay TV because then uh, that's what's got to be on free TV until they realize they made more money they could ever dream of. And now they're blacking out games. And I made this point before, but you think about where are young eyeballs watching stuff, including what we're doing right now on their devices? Mm-hmm. What and what are the what teams do most people care about? Their local teams. So what's blacked out? the local teams on their devices. Why can't we get young people to watch it? Cuz you're turning it off. Correct. Correct. And then and then if if a walk-off home run happens, if that video comes you're you're only going to see that video come across your feed from a verified MLB sanctioned uh, account. You you yeah. can't just have 
Joe Schmo on Twitter be like, oh, look at this sweet home run and like record it on their phone and, and upload it because then it's going to get clapped for copywriting. This is all this stuff. Baseball has to repair so much. And you just wish that someone smart was there doing the repairs. Kind of like at Rock Auto. And you know what? With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the person to go by on the counter and order the parts on their computer, choosing only brands that their warehouse happens to carry? That's ridiculous. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Right, rockauto.com. Boy, I stumbled over that last part of it. I'm running out of energy. I am. But I'm going to find a new boost of energy. Do you know what I'm going to use? I'm going to use Built Bars. This is the time Absolutely. of year that a lot of us have given up our New Year's resolution, but not your pal Sully. I'm sticking to it. Thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I love eating them. Hey, man, have you tried the Puffs? Fantastic. They're fantastic. Do you know fantastic. what they are? This sounds like a Jurassic Park creation when I say they're protein-infused marshmallows. But yeah. guess what? It is not going to rampage and eat people. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good they're going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, that's 100% real chocolate, so go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, you'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which is a candy bar. You know they're not good for you. They've got so many great flavors. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Phenomenal. They're all delicious. Where is that? It was. It's phenomenal. By oh, the way. it is. It's, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Didn't mean to interrupt you. New flavors are coming out all the time. I think if, if they think a flavor is going to be good, they're just going to make it. It'll be delicious. It'll be good for you. That's what they're about to taste. That's what they taste. We're going to make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it. They pull it off every time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Well, you know it's getting late because people coming in here cleaning up my classroom. Uh, we're here with Scott Bentley of Locked On Tigers. Uh, speaking about cleaning stuff up, uh, if the game comes back, what are your thoughts on the Tigers? What's going to happen? Because I, I'll just say before I let you go, uh, I thought by the end of the year, people who think the Tigers are a pushover, um, they were a challenging team by the end of the year. And Hinch is a fine manager. He's not just a trash can holder. And he is putting together a team that has some decent pitching and with the acquisition of Baez um, and, and a potentially winnable AL Central. I don't see them as unseen in the White Sox in 2022, but I see them as, especially since 
we're going to have a 48-team playoff pool, that the Tigers could be one of those teams to get the 16th wildcard spot and uh, maybe play uh, Toledo or Spokane in that first se- in that first series. Yeah, it's it's all great points, um, but but no, I I think you know that that's another reason that that the, everybody's upset about what's happening. Uh, but the Tigers fan base, I I think is 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 maybe a little bit more upset than than some others because th- we've been horrible for half a decade, horrible, and this is finally the first season that we're on the upswing and finally the first season that people even pre-playoff expansion were like, Hey, wild cards, not that crazy of a thought. We're going to have the second full seasons out of Mize and Manning uh, and Scooble Mm -hmm. first full season for Manning, but second full season out of, out of Mize and Scooble. Those are three three really good players you can have on that team. They did absolutely really good building blocks. Absolutely. So, so you're going to get, you know, presuming another step in progression from them. You signed Erod, so you have an ace now. You signed Baez, so you have a shortstop for the first time since Jose Iglesias left. Mm-hmm. You and and then everybody knows Torque and Green are both getting called up this season too. Mm-hmm. So this, like, this was the year. This was the year that all of our our patience and all of our our waiting around and being frustrated and being upset and and all of our losing was supposed to be worth it this season. And this yeah. is, of course, the season that uh, everything hits the fan. So, I, I, the signing of Rodriguez, I just think that the and I, I, I think you and I talked about this comparison. Before. We did, I think, yeah, yeah, the, the Charlie Libre comparison mm-hmm. that when the Braves had uh, stockpiled a bunch of good, solid young pitchers, they brought in Charlie Libre to be the veteran in the rotation, and in a similar way that the Royals brought in James Shields. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, there were a lot of people completely maligned that deal because, you know, the Royals are giving up on future Hall of Famer Will Myers. And what are they doing? They got, right. they got uh, James Shields and some schmuck named Wade Davis. What are they even thinking? And, uh, but, you know, I said then in my old podcast that they got a major league pitcher and they need a major league pitcher. And I think that the acquisition of Rodriguez is that, you know, I don't think he is – I think he had a fine year last year, obviously coming back from the COVID scare of 2020. Yes. And as someone who has followed the Red Sox as long as I have, I know that he you – know, he's, he's he has the – who said it? I think it was Jim Leland described the pitcher. I said he has the guts of a burglar. That That uh, is a Jim Leland quote. Yeah, I forget who he referred to him. I said he has the guts of a burglar. And I love that expression. And And that's definitely Rodriguez. He is – I mean, he is a talented pitcher, but he's got he's got guts and he's got baseball intelligence and he's experienced postseason pitcher. And it's important to have players like that. But I think bias is, is important to have a player like that on a young team to be the anchor. And I look at this is a this the White Sox are a fine team. Uh the Indians have oh geez, he'll get me two years to get used to it. The Guardians have tons of good pitching, and if they come back when the whenever the lockout ends and they go on a supermarket sweep of every available hitter that they could sign to a one-year deal i bet the guardians could be watch them win the world series the first year they're not the indians and (laughs) and i actually even think minnesota they had a bad year last year 
but they were coming off of two or three pretty good years. And I, I don't thumb my nose at them completely. I think there's enough talent on that team. But, still have a great offense. The pitching yes. will be a problem, but they still have a great offense. Yeah. But I think the Tigers are maybe two years away from being a, a legit division contender and maybe even a pennant contender because of there. there is no super team in the American League. And now they're, if, they, if they expand the playoffs to 74 teams, then the need to have a uh, – I can't wait for someone to try to correct me on that on Twitter. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't 74. Yeah. It'll happen. That it, uh, you can't say anything wrong. That is Eventually. correct. That's yes. true. Anyway, I just think that – I think they're an intriguing – I think we're going to have baseball this year. Okay? You can go to Bet Online. Oh, they're not sponsoring today's episode. But um, – <laughs> I, I think we got baseball the year. Still go there. They they you know they help me live the good life. But yes. the I think the Tigers are going to be a contender, and I think they're going to be they're going to be at least interesting. They're at least going to be fun. It's going to be fun to go to Tiger games in 2022, assuming there are going to be Tiger games in 2022. Correct. Yeah. No, I I can't wait to get back to Comerica, man. That's that's my home away from home. Uh I'd love and, to and, go. I'd love to go. I've never. I've, I've been to Tiger Stadium. I've never been to Comerica. So sure, yeah. It's it. It really is. It's it's uh. It's beautiful. It fits the city perfectly. It's it's it's. I've been to twenty. I've been to two thirds of the major league parks, and and I obviously have a bias, but I I think Comerica is up there with uh, with some of the best of them for the ones that I've been to. It's funny. I've been to twenty some outstandings myself, but so many of them don't exist anymore. Yeah, like, like, like Tiger Stadium, Milwaukee County Stadium, Shea sure. Stadium, Veteran Stadium, Old Yankee Stadium. Uh, I did River- get a chance to go to Old too. I've been to Old and New Yankee. I've stadium. not been to New. I've not been to New. There you uh, go. Uh, Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. Mm. Uh, Turner Turner Field in uh, Turner, uh, Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. The the Stick in the candlestick in I've, I've i'm always uh that, that's one that i i wish i i could have gone to it stunk i went to so many games there because we lived in palo alto during my high school years and the giants were great they were great this is the will clark uh kevin mitchell the one going to the playoffs right for oh, yeah. years going to the world series and the earthquake series um i made this point before I absolutely believe that Horace Stoneham took the Giants from New York to San Francisco. He came up to the mayor of San Francisco and said, where is the worst place to put a baseball stick? <laughs> and he said, well, candlestick point. He said, then, fellas, break out the shovels. We're breaking ground. Well, the, the new one I've heard is is one of the best in baseball. It's, I haven't been to that be, one yet. I've but. been. It's my, my lone World Series game. I went with my father in twenty. You didn't go in 12, did you? I did not. No. All right. I good. Good. All right. Good. I will. I will leave that one alone. <laughs> uh, my dad and I. The last game we ever went together was uh, Game Three of the 2014 World Series. Very cool. Uh, one of the best nights of my life. And uh, but yeah, AT and T Park or whatever the hell it's called now. Yeah, it changes. It could all the be time. could be the best ballpark in baseball because it has all of the modern amenities. But it That's also what I've heard. But it also feels like it's been there forever. It has the great tradition of the people with the boats. You know, canoeing yeah. up there. It fits perfectly in the China Basin. The train goes. We would take the train from Palo Alto, and it drops you right off at the stadium so you're not stuck in traffic. Yep. When we left the World – we went to the World Series. It went right there, went to the game, got right back on the train, and came home. Uh, it's perfect. What I love about Camer- – I've not been to Comerica. I went to Tiger Stadium, and I think I mm-hmm. may have told you the story of going to Tiger Stadium with my dad. 
Uh, if not, we'll save it for another episode because we're, we're hitting on 40 minutes here. Honestly, but, uh, I don't remember. Uh, we went there. It was a packed game uh, in 91 between Toronto and Detroit. And the Tigers were good in 91. Yep. And so it was, it, was a, it was a great game that we saw, really great game. And I got to see Tiger Stadium packed to the gills with Sparky Anderson managing, and they still had oh, Whitaker. Yeah. They still had Whitaker. They still had Trammell. Yep. You know, um, Morris was no longer there, but it's still, yeah, it, it was how I, you would want to see a game there. What I like about Comerica, just from watching it on television, is they didn't try to replicate Tiger Stadium. They created mm. a new experience. Yeah. And so I, I sometimes when a stadium tries to ape the previous one, I'm like, come on, you're, it, create a new park, create a new experience. And I think that's pretty much exactly what they did with Comerica. And it looks gorgeous when I see it on, on, on TV. It really is. They, they did a they did a fantastic job. They took a lot of um, ideas and blueprints from some of the nicest stadiums at the time, which was like 98 ish. Mm-hmm. Um and so there's there's a couple of things where you walk past and you're like oh that kind of reminds me of Camden a little bit like there you know what I mean like there's there's some stuff like that but it is it is uh, incredible and for as as sad as people were to for obviously to see Tiger Stadium uh, go away um, it, it did not take very long for for people to to fall in love with Comerica and it is it it is it really is beautiful and it's it's uh, it you know Comerica. Little Caesars and Ford Field are all with you. You know, you could throw a baseball and hit all three of them. Like they're all with the, on the same street. It's a very, 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 very cool part of town and a very, very nice stadium. Do you want to? Do you want? I like again. I'm only judging this from being on television. You know, watching the games on television. Um, and I've actually only been to a handful of the new parks. I, the Petco in mm. San Diego is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I actually liked the TED where the Braves used to play. I, what I wish they could do when they moved to the new stadium, I wish they could dynamite around Turner Field, lift it up, drag it to Oakland, and put it in the parking lot and have the A's <laughs> play there. It's a perfectly good stadium. It's now I guess they've converted it now to a football stadium. Just about uh, anything would be better than, than the Coliseum, I, know, I think. I know. I've been, I've been to many, many games at Coliseum. But the thing is, is that one of the things that happened, you know, when they created all the multi-purpose cookie cutter stadiums that I grew up on, like Riverfront, the Vet, Three River Stadium, Old Bush Stadium, uh, uh, Fulton County Stadium, the ones that were all the, the concrete donuts, of which I didn't dislike because I grew up watching them. I had great memories in, in stadiums that looked like that. Um, but they all kind of looked the same after a while. Well, with some of the new stadiums, some of them are starting to look the same. Like when you watch a game in Philadelphia, it kind of looks like the new National Stadium, which kind of looks like the new St. Louis Stadium. Um, the, what I like about Comerica is that when you see it, you you reckon that's Comerica. It has a it has a distinct look. It has a unique look, and it feels it feels modern yet hearkening to the great Tiger tradition. And I think that the best of the new ballparks, which are I think are Camden Yards. Uh, I'm going to call it Jacobs Field. Um, <laughs> when I uh, went there, it was still called Jacobs. Yeah, I went there when it was Jacobs Field too. AT&T Park, whatever it's called out in San Francisco, which I think mm-hmm. is the best one. Not, I'm a little biased because going there with PNC my dad. PNC is also. Oh, I'm dying to go to PNC. Beautiful. Oh, that looks gorgeous. They, in fact, I have a feeling, and I, I love Petco. I think Petco is incredible. Yeah. Because it, it's right in the center of the gas lamp district. 
And you can walk around, go to some great restaurants and bars and just walk to the stadium. And there's this great park area in, in center field where you can sort of, you know, kids can run around there. There's other like sure. sand. It's beautiful. They, they, they incorporated the warehouse into left field. It's, yeah. That's cool. Bananaville. That's Bananaville. But, yeah, when I see the clips of PNC Park in Pittsburgh with the bridges and the skyline, and it's right – that's right next to – where Three River Stadium was, which yep. just goes to show you, was in the ideal location, but it was boxed in. You couldn't see this gorgeous right. view of the city. Right. Um, yeah. PNC know, is one of those where once people go to it, it, it becomes their number one. And I'm and on that same front, um, uh, no pun intended, I think Riverfront Stadium, I went to Riverfront Stadium and I went to Three River Stadium and what Great America Ballpark, which also has a unique look to it uh, a very distinct look to it with the the steamboat things in in right field right and of course it looks out to the river riverfront where i went to it i actually i happen to enjoy it there uh, and i think cincinnati's a really nice city but mm. um again you have this beautiful it's called riverfront it's got a gorgeous view of the river but it was enclosed you couldn't see it right yeah <laughs> it's banana time it is well this is all banana time um and by the way, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB or Locked On Tigers, whichever one you're happening to listen to right now, your first listen. Um, I, I was going to, I took a quick peek at the show I was going to promote at the end. I realized it's my show. So, hey, thanks for listening to my show, Locked On MLB. It turns out I'm a walking baseball encyclopedia. I had no idea. <laughs> I have no idea about that. Hey, Scott Bentley of Locked On Tigers, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at Bentley Scotty. You can follow my show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. Um, you can then get Locked On Tigers wherever you get your podcasts. Fantastic. And you can follow us, as always, at Locked On and Milby Pods. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about the insanity that is this lockout and talk about the dice things like ballparks things we'd like to go to with scott bentley of locked on tigers this has been locked on mlb i'm your host paul francis sullivan please please i'm imploring you call me sully